Hey guys, real quick before we get started, we are doing a free giveaway for listeners between now and May 31st. Cash prizes, free swag, Yacht Meetup tickets, San Diego Padre tickets, and more. All you got to do to qualify is go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and drop a five-star review. Send a screenshot to giveaway at summerscapital.com and we'll be selecting lucky winners May 31st. As always, I appreciate the support. Now let's jump into the show. I feel like right now there's an asset class that a lot of people are not talking about. I feel like this asset class has the potential to be the next big thing. I think it's just the next natural progression for a lot of these Airbnb investors. And so I think in a couple of years, there's going to be a huge wave and I think it's going to be the next big thing. And so I think more importantly now uh, than ever, it's important to learn this asset class and get ahead of the wave. I think you got to zig when others are zagging. Welcome to the Rich Summers Report, where we talk real estate, business, and wealth building, all while keeping it real. No fluff, no BS. I hope that you enjoy the show. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of The Reports. In this episode, we are going to talk about why Airbnb and multifamily are both very overcrowded right now. And although I own short-term rentals and I own a substantial amount of multifamily real estate, I'm just not buying these asset classes at the moment. I do love both asset classes, but I'm just not buying it in today's climate. And I'm going to go over the reasons why, and then I'm going to highlight towards the end another asset class that I'm buying and why I'm very bullish on it. So to start, you know, I think with Airbnb, there's been a huge buzz about short-term rentals over the last couple of years. There's been a lot of educators in the space. I feel like everyone on the internet is teaching people how to buy short-term rentals. I see people on the internet even teaching how to do rental arbitrage, basically meaning you can go, you know, secure a, a lease from, you know, an apartment building and then sublease that apartment unit out as a short-term rental. And so that's a big play right now. And so I think because of that, you're seeing a lot of oversaturation in the short-term rental space. And that doesn't mean you cannot make money with short-term rentals. We manage a a decent portfolio of short-term rentals that we both own, but also our clients own. And, you know, we still do pretty damn good in a lot of the markets that we're in. I'd say we're probably in the top percentiles of those markets, but it does not happen with ease. You know, we have to push and pull on a lot of these properties. We have to be very strategic with our pricing tools, et cetera. And you have to have a unique property and design in order to do good in a lot of these markets. So I would say the next reason is the regulation. So you're seeing regulation change in a lot of these markets around the country. I think regulation is not necessarily a bad thing for those that can figure out a way to legally operate. But with the pending regulatory environment, it makes it more and more challenging for those to legally operate. And so when you have that, it makes it a little bit more challenging to buy an investment if you don't know what it's going to look like tomorrow. The next reason is the neighbors. Neighbors tend to be uh, more of a nuisance or a headache with these short-term rentals versus commercial real estate. And so you do have to be aware of the neighbors. A lot of it is a coin flip. I mean, we have properties where we short-term, the neighbors are totally cool about it. They actually like hit us up every now and then they say, hey, like, what's your listing link? You know, I have some friends and family visiting from town. I'd love for them to stay at your Airbnb. But those are the cool neighbors. And, you know, every now and then you just, you know, it's the luck of the draw and you get stuck with a neighbor that could be next door and they are just a nuisance, uh, pain. They're always hitting you up, complaints. I've heard stories of, Uh, when we've actually experienced this to where like neighbors can actually be a nuisance to your guests going as far as like, you know, spraying your guests with the hose and just like, you know, just crummy stuff like that, which is not a good service to provide to your guests whenever you have a short-term rental. So the neighbors is an aspect that a lot of people I think often overlook. 
And you do have to manage those neighbor relations in order to have a successful long-term, well, short-term rental that actually goes for a long period of time at a successful, sustainable rate. The next reason is I feel like everyone and their mom, you know, seems to be teaching this. And so I think because of that, you're just seeing this huge wave of people buying the short-term rentals, which has made it super oversaturated. Talking about multifamily here a little bit. So multifamily is also very, very overcrowded right now. I feel like there's also a ton of educators in the space who are teaching people how to syndicate large multifamily deals, which is great. It's a great way to build wealth. But I think when you have all these people that are you know, new and educating how to syndicate multifamily, coupled with all the hedge, fund, hedge funds out there that are buying multifamily, and then you got the individual investors, the institutional capital, all chasing the same types of assets and the same types of multifamily deals, it makes it very, very challenging to compete. And right now you're seeing cap rates lower than interest rates in the multifamily asset class. And so when cap rates are below the interest rate, it makes it very, very challenging to earn any type of spread or yield or any sort of cash flow on your investment. And, um, you know, I just think I do love multifamily. I will say I love multifamily, currently own in a partner in about 320 multifamily units, some in North Carolina, Ohio, uh, Cincinnati, but you know, they do great. And I want to buy more in the future. It just right now, I'm not buying this asset class because I do feel like it's just a lot of competition in this space. But on the flip side, I feel like right now there's an asset class that a lot of people are not talking about. I feel like this asset class has the potential to be the next big thing because as all the people are, you know, buying all these Airbnbs over the last couple of years, the next natural progression for a lot of those investors is to get into boutique hotels. I was out at the Bigger Pockets conference back in October of last year here in San Diego, and I felt like almost every other person I met was an Airbnb investor. And they all told me, Rich, I cannot wait to go do my first boutique hotel. And so I just think because it's a similar operations or a similar way to operate the Airbnbs, if you can operate short-term rentals, you can operate a small boutique hotel. And so I think because a lot of those management or operational fundamentals carry over to boutique hotels, I think it's just the next natural progression for a lot of these Airbnb investors. And so I think in a couple of years, there's going to be a huge wave and I think it's going to be the next big thing. And so I think more importantly now uh, than ever, it's important to learn this asset class and get ahead of the wave. I think you got to zig when others are zagging. But yeah, I would say the, the next reason why I love hotels is, you know, there's less competition. Uh, no one seems to be buying the boutique hotels right now. You got a lot of mom and pop sellers right now. You got no neighbors or regulations to be concerned with. Because these properties are zoned commercial hotel, you don't need to be concerned about the regulatory environment changing. As a matter of fact, if the regulations are strict, then it actually brings more demand to your property if you are operating a hotel that is zoned commercial real estate. And the next reason is you can buy these hotels on seller financing because a lot of these mom and pop sellers bought these deals on seller financing decades ago. They're already used to how it works. And because of that, they're already expecting to sell it to the next buyer with seller financing. And so what I've found out of all the different deals I've been chasing, especially multifamily and now hotels, hotels is far, far easier to secure seller financing, which I love. The next reason is you can use other people's money. So you can, you know, let's say for example, you buy a boutique hotel, it's got seller financing. You can go raise the funds from other people, friends, family, your personal network, your investor database, which makes it very, very compelling 
because it allows you to buy these deals without using any of your own money. It allows you to return a nice return to your investors with cash flow. They can get refinance proceeds. They can get sale proceeds. They can get the pass-through tax benefits. If you're going to structure them in as equity, you can also structure them in as debt and give them a nice, healthy fixed return. But the point is, is you can buy these deals using zero of your money, which is a great wealth building tool. The other reason why I love it is there's just a lot of mom and pop sellers right now that are retiring, baby boomers that have owned these properties for decades, 30, 40 years. And because of that, a lot of these sellers haven't renovated these properties in many years, which gives you a lot of value add opportunity. Also, these mom and pop sellers typically are not ones to be on the up and up with technology. So they're not utilizing technology. They're not utilizing social media. They're not utilizing OTA or marketing platforms such as Airbnb or Verbo. And so it gives you a huge value add lift for you to come in and not only renovate the property, but rebrand it and then operate it and market on social media and market through these OTA platforms such as Airbnb, Verbo, Hotels.com, Booking.com, Expedia. And by doing that, it makes it very easy to, you know, potentially two, three, even four to five X the revenue of these properties, which you're just not able to do with some of these other asset classes, especially multifamily right now. You know, if if someone's like, hey, come buy this multifamily deal and you're going to three to four X the revenue in just 12 months, you're not seeing those opportunities out there right now. But in the boutique hotel space, you know, it's reasonable to buy a property that's severely underperforming and come in and three, four X the revenue in just a matter of 12 months, which is pretty powerful. The last reason that I love this asset class right now is you can force your appreciation because it's commercial real estate and it's not residential real estate. You can actually force your appreciation because these things are valued based on how much income they generate. So generally speaking, the more I increase the gross revenue or the gross income, and the more I decrease the expenses of the property, the higher my net operating income is going to be on this boutique hotel because it's commercial real estate. I love that because one, it gives you control of the asset regardless of what the market is doing. But number two, you're not as subject to the ups and downs and the volatility of the residential real estate space, you know, which those properties are valued based on the comp system. So generally speaking, whatever that property, the single family house or the condo is worth across the street on a per uh, square foot basis in terms of comps, is what your property is going to be worth. So as the market declines or softens, your property is going to decline and soften as well in value, regardless of how much money it's making on Airbnb. And so because of that reason, I love it. It gives you more control. You can force your appreciation. So those are some of the reasons why I love hotels. If any of you guys are interested in learning more about boutique hotels, go ahead and reach out to us. You can shoot us an email at uh, hotels at summerscapital.com. And we'll uh, shoot you some free content and information on how you can get started investing in boutique hotels using zero of your own money. That's it for this episode. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.